All right, we get our first big saint in this Advent season. So we have St. Andrew the Apostle, um, great saint. So just a little bit about him. St. Andrew, and this is a great saint to follow during, during Advent, right? He's all about giving Jesus a chance. That's what he's about. He's about giving Jesus a chance. So when you see him in scripture, what he's doing all the time is just bringing people to Jesus and then giving Jesus a chance. Where do you see it? We get the call from Matthew, but in John's gospel, right? Andrew is with John the evangelist at that point, just John, they're following John the Baptist. And then they see Jesus and John the Baptist points out Jesus, behold the Lamb of God, and they go follow. And at a certain point, Jesus turns and says, what are you looking for? Where are you staying? Come and you'll see. And so then they go and they stay with Jesus. What does Andrew do the next day? He gets up and gets his brother and says, we found the Messiah, come. And so he introduces Peter to Jesus. Where else do we see him? When all these people are coming to listen to Jesus and they don't have any food. And Jesus says, give them some of your own food. Feed them yourselves. And they're like, and we're talking there's like at least 20, probably 25,000 people. Like, we don't have, there's no way we have enough food. And it's Andrew who says, here's a boy with five loaves and two fish. And he gives Jesus a chance. And then Jesus, this is a phenomenal miracle, feeding everybody more than they could handle, which is exactly what he does for us. He gives us more than we can handle if we give him a chance. And then towards the end of Jesus' earthly life, right before he dies, they're in Jerusalem, and it's Philip and Andrew, both Greek names, who meet some Greeks, and Andrew brings them to Jesus. Not Jews, Greeks. And again, what do we see? Oh, what Jesus is doing isn't just for a narrow group. It's not just for the Jews, it's for the whole world. And Andrew is the one who introduces them to Jesus and he just gives Jesus a chance. So that's a good model for us, to give Jesus a chance. First in our own lives, to give him a chance. And then as we bring others, that we might have that same spirit that St. Andrew had, to bring other people to Jesus and just give Jesus a chance. To invite them to Wednesday night mass, to invite them to Sunday Mass, to invite them to your prayer group, to invite them to uh, you know, hang out with some really good people who might be doing some you know, unique things instead of other things that could happen on a college campus. Right? And just give Jesus a chance as you do that and say, Lord, it's up to you now. Right? I got him to church. It's up to you now. And then watch what Jesus does with that. We need more people like St. Andrew with that kind of spirit who believe first that I can give Jesus a chance with my own life and then who are willing because they've given Jesus a chance in their own life who are willing then to invite others into that and what a gift that's how the church works that's how it's supposed to be now why can we give Jesus a chance that's the gospel tonight this gospel is great we hear it, the call you know from St. Matthew 
Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. All right, now, we don't get it in the English, but in the Greek, Jesus seeing them is not just like, yeah, I saw two brothers. There's two guys fishing. No, he, it's like a stopping and a seeing. A deep, like, contemplation. Jesus sees what they're doing with appreciation. These are good fishermen. Now, some of you might be good fishermen. I could watch a good fly fisherman all day long. It's beautiful to watch good fishermen. Jesus sees their skill and sees what they're about, and he sees that. But way more importantly, he sees them. Not just them as fishermen, but them as two of the original, the apostles, two of the pillars, two of those men who will change the face of the world. He sees them way better than they see themselves. He sees more of them because it's God looking at them. And so he sees them and then he calls them. Come after me. I will make you fishers of men. So two things there. Jesus says, come after me. And again, in English, it's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Come follow me, whatever. The, the original language is very strong. Jesus is saying, get right behind me. Get real close and follow me. And for us, that's so important for us to hear. I'm always reminded when, when uh, I see this gospel of a great priest in my life, Father Christopher Hellstrom. He's a priest in Archdiocese of Denver. He was the, the um, director of the spirituality year when I first went to seminary down there. He had a great line. He said, following Jesus from a safe distance is neither following him nor is it safe. Isn't that a great line? Following Jesus from a safe distance is neither following him nor is it safe. But don't we try to do that? This is exactly the opposite of what Jesus is inviting Peter and Andrew to do. He says, get right behind me. Not a safe distance. Not just like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go when it's convenient. I'll pray when it's convenient. I might show up to mass Sunday when it's convenient, Wednesday when it fits my schedule, but like be really committed to really follow him. Not from a safe distance, but to be right behind him. The reason it doesn't work to follow from a safe distance is because we're not strong enough. It's too hard to try to follow Jesus and what he invites us into from a distance. And there's too many traps and snares that the evil one places and that also our own weakness predisposes us to. And we'll trip up. We won't follow him. We can't walk a, a foot in the world and a foot in in the kingdom of heaven. We have to be all in. We have to make choices. And thanks be to God, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they chose. They made a decisive move. They chose to follow him. And that made a huge difference in the world. But then this, once that choice is made, once they choose to get right behind him, 
Then the second part of this statement from Jesus, I will make you fishers of men. Not you're going to make yourself, you're going to fix yourself, you're going to form yourself. No, Jesus is the one. He's the one who's in charge. Do you know how much spiritual effort is wasted on us trying to make ourselves better Christians? How's it working out for you? We get it exactly wrong. We try to perfect ourselves. It's the same thing that the culture says you can do in all sorts of ways now. They're, they're just doing it secularly. Be whatever you want to be. Create yourself however you want to think. Right? Do that. You can become that. And look at all the anxiety and the angst. Okay, but friends, that's in the church too. It's in us too. We think we have to make ourselves into the type of people that God would actually want to be with. Andrew and Peter, they haven't been purified. They haven't figured it all out before they follow Jesus. Jesus says, come follow me and I'll do it. I'll make you fisher of men. I'll take those things that you're good at, but I'm going to supernaturalize them. You're a fisherman? Great. I'll make you a fisher of men. It doesn't matter how good you are as a fisherman. Who cares? But a fisher of men? Yeah, these guys change everything. They change the world. The world is a different place because Andrew, Peter, James, John, the other apostles said yes. How different would our world be if you and I could say yes to get right behind Jesus and to let him make us into who he wants us to be? That's the work of the church right now, for sure and your generation. We can't make ourselves, but we can let Jesus make us. And if we do, what a gift that will be. So let's follow the example of St. Andrew. Let's heed his intercession as the church reminded us in the opening prayer for Mass, that he's a constant intercessor for us to give Jesus a chance and to follow him with all our heart. St. Andrew, pray for us.